Welcome to Fear and Greed Business News, Australia's best business podcast. It's Monday, the 15th of January, and we are back with daily news editions. I'm Michael Thompson, and good morning, Sean Aylmer. Good morning, Michael. Now, Sean, starting the year off on a a half-truth. We're, we're not mm. quite back to normal, are we? The, this this morning's show is actually all of this week's shows are abbreviated versions of our normal shows. Next week, we'll be back with full-length bulletins, interviews every day, the weekend edition, uh, the week ahead with Stephen Kukulis and everything else. But this week, we, have, we still have the daily business news, but the news cycle just takes a little while to crank back up, doesn't it? It sure does. We're not really back to full speed really until after Australia Day here. Uh, in this country. So this week, as you say, just abbreviated versions. Next week, we'll kind of be back to normal. And I reckon it'll be about a fortnight before things are really happening again. All right, let's get on though with today's show because there is still a bit going on. What better way to start things off than financial markets? How has the ASX been performing? Well, before I get going, the overriding influence as we head into 2024 is the same as 2023. What's going to happen to interest rates? The good news, the inflation data we've had locally and overseas is that interest rates are definitely working and the pace of price rises are slowing. That's helped equities and the local S&P ASX 200 pushed above 7,600 points last week. In fact, on Tuesday last week, it closed just one point below its all-time record close. That was back in August 2021. It was 7,633 points. A week ago, it closed at 7,632 points. It's come off a bit. It's finished last week just under 7,500 points. But it's fair to say, Michael, it's been a pretty good start to the year for equities in Australia. Yeah, sounds like it. What about global markets? They've been having a pretty good time too, really, with some of the world's big banks doing particularly well. The view is that the Federal Reserve could start cutting rates in the world's biggest economy in the next couple of months. Hence, equities are doing well. Oil prices are up a bit because of global tension. A bit more on that a bit later. Brent crude is trading around 80 US dollars a barrel. Now, that is up a bit, but it's actually kind of lower than where we spent most of last year. Uh, The Aussie dollar, that's worth around 67 US cents. And uh, Sean, it's been a great run for Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies over the past week, ever since the US Securities and Exchange Commission approved Bitcoin ETFs. Yes, they did. On the first day of trading of the 11 Bitcoin ETFs approved in the US, about $7 billion flowed into the funds. That's in kind of like a six or eight hour period. All the ETFs are backed by major financial institutions like BlackRock, Van Eck, Fidelity, gives them a lot of street credibility, not just street credibility, financial credibility, really. Bitcoin hit over 46,000 US dollars a unit last week after the announcement. That's come off a little bit. Mind you, Bitcoin's about twice what it was in the middle of September last year. So it's been a great run for Bitcoin and other cryptos, but Bitcoin obviously is the big one and that's done best. Now, Sean, it's worth mentioning that if you're just joining us for the first time today, go back and have a listen to the episodes from the last couple of weeks because there's a new episode every day featuring a range of experts what to look for this year in things like tech stocks and property prices and small caps and large caps and US stocks. But the one, the reason I'm mentioning it here is because uh, we spoke two weeks ago to Josh Gilbert from eToro talking about the outlook for Bitcoin and cryptocurrency more broadly, and he spoke at length 
about Bitcoin ETFs and, and what that was going to mean for the market more broadly. So it's a really interesting conversation to go back and have a listen to. Well worth a listen, I'd say, Michael. Indeed. Now, Sean, turning to politics, the uh, the past few days seem to have been all about pollies piling in on the big supermarket chains about why prices remain so high, notwithstanding raw material costs have fallen. For example, cattle prices fell 66% across the East Coast in the 12 months to October. Land prices were down 38%, but rump steak, well, that's still around $28 a kilo. No change there. And lamb cutlets are still at $43 a kilo. Now, you grew up in the country, Michael, so you'd understand this. Basically, Mm. dinner was lamb cutlets, potatoes, carrots, peas, frozen, of course. Uh, I just don't think my kids have had a lamb cutlet in about... 10 years in my household, they're just too expensive. And the whole point is that suddenly these prices are falling, cattle and land prices are falling, but there's no change in the supermarket. Very frustrating. Yeah, I had a um, had some lamb four-quarter chops the other day. Ooh. Remember four-quarter <laughs> yeah, chops? the cheap ones, you know that. The cheap ones, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And they were, they were like twelve ninety nine yeah. a kilo. And I, I remember back when they would be like $6 a kilo or $7 yeah. a kilo or something. And even then you're like, oh, this is a bit pricey. And now that here they are at twelve ninety nine. I mean, good old-fashioned uh, four-quarter chop. That is the people's chop. It is the people's chop, no doubt. And I'm not even sure the people can afford that chop now. Anyway, media is reporting that Treasurer Jim Chalmers is in talks with the Australian Consumer and Competition Commission about launching an inquiry into alleged price gouging by the supermarkets. The government has already commissioned a review into the voluntary grocery code of conduct, voluntary being very important in that particular phrase, because of course it only works if the supermarkets abide by it. There's also a separate Senate inquiry into the big brands' price setting practices and market power. Now, as far as they're concerned, Coles and Woolies have come out and said, look, they work with suppliers. Many of those suppliers they've worked with for many, many years. They pay a fair market price and it's really market conditions that make prices go up and down. Nothing more than that, which is fair enough. But looks like we're going to have a few inquiries into all of that to see where the truth lies. Now, Sean, we can't kick off a year on fear and greed and not talk about property prices. We know that national average home prices rose by 8.1% last year, according to CoreLogic. That led to record highs from Brisbane, Adelaide and Perth, and Sydney isn't far behind. How have we started the new year? Well, I'd say last year was pretty amazing. Uh, By the end of 2023, auction clearance rates were falling. So the strength pretty much occurred in the middle of the year. That reflects interest rates hurting. We saw that at the end of last year. Hence, prices weren't rising by as much. The market really gets going after Australia Day. But anecdotally, people have been flocking to open houses. There's a story running in the Financial Review that says in Sydney, where prices rose 11.1% last year, there's been a surge of people at open houses. Same deal in Melbourne and Brisbane, apparently in part because of talks of interest rate cuts later this year. Oh, I love the optimism. Melbourne's an interesting market. Prices rose only about 4% last year. Uh, They're still down about 4% from their peak. So it'll just be interesting to see. They're not quite as volatile Melbourne house prices as Sydney house prices are. So maybe we won't see the slowdown in Melbourne quite as much. Anyway, certainly plenty of buyers in the market, at least tyre kickers in the market at the moment. After Australia Day, we'll see whether they're actually putting their money where their mouth is. Let's take a quick look overseas, Sean, and plenty going on around the world. Over the weekend, Taiwan's ruling Democratic People's Party won a third term in power with voters rejecting claims from Beijing that it will trigger a conflict with China. 
Yeah, very significant for our part of the world. 64-year-old former Dr. William Lai Ching T won 40% of the vote. Mr. Lai, who has been vice president for the past four years, is known as a bit of a troublemaker. And his election is expected to further escalate tensions in the Taiwan Strait. If we go a bit further afield, Israel's kept up its bombardment of the Gaza Strip over the last few days, vowing to press ahead with its offensive to destroy Hamas as the war approaches the 100-day mark with no end in sight. Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu said Israel will not be deterred by a case before the International Court of Justice in The Hague, where it's fighting accusations that the campaign in Gaza amounts to genocide. Also, Israeli intelligence agencies reportedly uncovered a Hamas plot to attack Israel's embassy in Sweden. Meanwhile, the Houthi militia threatened a strong and effective response. That's the words they use, strong and effective response, after the US carried out another strike in Yemen, escalating tensions as Washington vowed to protect shipping from attacks by the Iran-aligned movement. Now, over the weekend, President Joe Biden said that the United States had sent a private message to Iran about the Houthi attacks, that though he didn't really elaborate on what was said. And finally, Russia attacked Ukraine with several waves of missiles over the weekend. We seem to forget that war, but that is still going on. Basically, the entire country of Ukraine was under an air raid alert over the weekend. People were rushing for shelter as noises, bangs, things like that were heard in several cities. It follows Russia's more recent strategy of large-scale air assaults, which must be frightening for those living in Ukraine. So, unfortunately, we enter 2024 with plenty of conflict around the world. Yeah, there certainly is. And that wraps up our first official daily news podcast for 2024. Thank you, Sean. Thank you, Michael. It is Monday, the 15th of January, 2024. Make sure you're following the podcast and please join us online on LinkedIn, Instagram, X and Facebook. I'm Michael Thompson and that was Fear and Greed Business News. Have a great day.